Hey listeners, I'm Adam, and this is Can I Ask You a Question, a podcast where anyone is welcome to join me for an episode to share their thoughts on a topic of their choice. I'm looking forward to hearing new opinions and perspectives, and hopefully becoming a bit more open-minded along the way. If you're interested in joining me for a future episode, feel free to check out the sign-up link in this episode's description. This episode is brought to you by the Everyday App. Technically, this is an ad, but the Everyday app has honestly been super helpful for me, and I wouldn't partner with a company if I didn't genuinely believe in the product. So, what does the app do? It basically helps you track your habits so that you can see your progress over time. There's a common business saying, what gets measured gets managed. Like I said, it usually applies to businesses, keeping track of things like their sales and customer satisfaction, but I think it's just as relevant for personal goals too. It sounds like a simple concept for an app, but I've personally found it to be super effective in helping create new habits. The app lets you add whatever habits you're currently working on building. For me right now, some of those include reviewing my to-do list each day uh, so that I stay on top of the things I want to get done. Another one is going to the gym, and another one is limiting my time on Twitter to five minutes a day. The app lets you add three habits for free, so you can see if you find it helpful. If you soon realize you want to track more than three habits, like I eventually did, the paid version lets you track unlimited habits and has other cool features, and it's pretty good value in my opinion. There's a link in the episode description that gets you 10% off. All right, let's jump into today's conversation. Cool. Yeah, I've been I've been watching like some YouTube videos today on like gun policy and stuff. Um, it is incredibly complicated. Oh yeah. my. Oh my. Like. I find just thinking about it and doing my own research. The problem is because there's emotional side to it. I just keep going back and forth like, Oh, that makes more sense. Let's do that. Oh, never mind. That makes more sense. It is so complicated. So maybe, maybe I'll start by asking you the intro question and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So yeah. Like how easy do you think it should be to buy a gun? Like what's, what's your perspective? Okay. This is actually the best way to start it. Like, cause I've thought a lot about that question, how easy should it be to buy a gun? And once you establish an answer to that, then we can talk about all the ancillary things. So to talk about how easy it should be to buy a gun, my answer is, so of course we're mainly focusing on the US um, because in Canada it's a lot stricter. In the US, a federal background check, which is already occurring. um, It occurs... And I just found this out today, but it occurs in like gun shops, but not gun shows and private dealers. Yes, but the vast majority of guns are purchased at gun shops. Like very okay. little is purchased at, at gun dealers. And, and that's actually shows. another, or gun shows. But that's another component too, which is sort of loopholes. And, and yeah. So assuming there are no loopholes, so I think there should be a federal background check. I actually think it should be like a car. Um, like we have in Canada. So to drive a car, you have to get your G1. Then when you have your G1, it's a learner's permit. You have eight to 10 months, and then you have to take another test and you get your G2. Yeah. And then after you get your G2, maybe there, you, there's like a follow-up test within five years where it's your G. And I think they should structure it around that, whereas there's a preliminary test which lets you own like maybe a, a more basic gun. Like yeah. a pistol is the most basic gun, let's say. And then not only do you have to learn about the gun, but you have to learn 
all the rules, how to care for it, how to store it, things like that. There's a certain grace period where you're allowed to have it. And then after that, you're allowed to take a follow-up test. And I'll equate that to the G2 or the G that allows you then to uh, go to the next level, which would be like a rifle or a shotgun or something like that. Okay. Just something along those lines where it's not just the background check. The background check is a part of the licensing. Um, and uh, it's not as easy as going to the store, spending 20 minutes to get the background check and buying the gun. And it should be a little bit more of a nuisance. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so that's my opinion on how easy do I think it should be about to buy a gun. And then in terms of the types of guns, do, do you limit it somewhere? Okay, so this is extremely complicated, and I think this is a good spot to start. So let's, let's go buy the most extreme and work down. So let's, talk, let's use like, like rocket launchers, for instance. No one agrees, anyone, no one in the U.S. agrees rocket launchers should be legal. Okay. Uh, or I think you and I agree. Like drones, like drone warfare? Yeah. So let's, let's use that. Everyone, I think, is in agreement that they shouldn't be legal. Okay, next step below. And this is controversial. Automatic weapons, also known as assault rifles. These are not legal in the United States. There is so much misinformation. I, I was able to get lost on YouTube, social media. There's a lot of misinformation. Assault rifles are not legal. Assault rifle is a military... It is a military definition, which means automatic gun. Yeah, so, that's my understanding too. And that means for listeners, one finger squeeze gets an infinite amount of bullets until you run out of bullets in your magazine. Yeah. That is currently illegal in the United States. It always has been for like the last, like I think since like the 80s. Um, you so are what's the, a, oh, sorry, yeah. I was going to ask, what's the most like deadly weapon you can legally get today, roughly? Like what can it do? How many rounds, how many, sh- how many bullets can I fire in like a minute, roughly? Do you know? Um, I don't know the stats, but I would say it's probably any type of rifle is yeah. the answer. Whereas yeah. I, think, I think the majority of rifles, they have 30 bullet magazines. Usually you store 29 because you don't want to max it out because we will get jammed. And it's basically, that's a semi-automatic, semi-automatic rifle. So to viewers and view or listeners as well it's one finger squeeze gets one bullet and you have to then release and then again another finger squeeze to get another finger and what about the add-ons like that can aren't there like i don't understand it fully but bump stocks or something that you can make it like spurts or no yes okay so this is so this is the challenging part so well i guess it was challenging not so much anymore so they're legal still or no they're illegal um so what those are is if you imagine you squeeze the trigger once, one bullet comes out. You squeeze it again, another bullet comes out. That's semi-automatic rifle, not an assault rifle. Why is now, it called semi-automatic if it's only one squeeze, one bullet? Well, basically, automatic is like one squeeze, a mil- infinite. It's, it's semi-automatic is just... It's another way of saying like one shot, one squeeze. Like, is a handgun just, semi-automatic then? Yes, okay. every handgun is semi-automatic. Okay. That's, that's just the terminology. So okay. every... The vast majority of guns are semi-automatic. Shotguns are not. Those are you have to cock them. So yeah. for a shotgun, you have to do something in between each shot. Okay. Same thing for a revolver. There's a back mechanism that yeah. you have to cock between each shot. Okay, got okay. it. 
handguns and the majority of rifles, you do not. They're semi-automatic, so you can shoot that continuously okay. as long as you squeeze. So what a bump stock does is if you keep your finger in the same position, it moves the gun right. back and forth. So rather than you holding down the trigger, you just keep holding down and the gun physically goes back and forth. So and forgetting technicalities, it's it's essentially automatic. Like it's quicker. You can fire yes. way more bullets per minute. Yeah. So that, it's essentially automatic. Critics will say people who were in favor of bump stocks being legal say it's extremely less accurate, which is true. But that doesn't matter. Those are now illegal after Las Vegas. Uh, Donald Trump, the uh, uh, the uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the president made. Uh, executive orders which made bump stocks illegal. Okay. So those are now as well illegal. You cannot buy them. Okay. There is okay. one component to guns in the U.S. which is grandfathering in. Grandfathering is basically if you own something before a certain date, the new rules don't apply to it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure for machine guns, like you're allowed to own machine guns from like World War II. Yeah. No, no one's going out and mowing people down with. Very machine. few people have them. Exactly. They're, they're more for collectors and antiques. I actually don't know if that's the case for bump stocks. I would be surprised if it is because bump stocks are relatively new. So I, I don't think that's the case. But if it is the case, I, I think you should get make them illegal. No grandfathering. So I cut you off. Where do you, where do you draw the line in your mind and yeah. why? Okay. So the challenge is now I'm going to use an AR-15. This is the gun everyone knows about. The challenge is AR-15. Because to go against, again, what is displayed on social media and all the late night talk show hosts, this is not an assault rifle. This is one finger squeeze, one bullet. There's okay. very little difference between an AR-15 and the vast majority of other rifles. Okay, fine. But if we compare it to like a handgun, it can you can fire more bullets and more, and each bullet is uh, presumably more deadly. Um, uh, it's not the highest on the, on the damage list, like a shotgun, okay. depending on the range. But more bullets, more, more bullets yeah. per minute than a handgun, right? To some degree. Yes. Like not but a handgun's like eight bullets, right? Seven or eight or something. And this would be a lot. I, I have to look it up after it's, it's not per, it's not, it's more so per reload than per minute. Per minute, you can definitely fire more bullets with an AR-15 than you can with a handgun. Yeah. The biggest reason why is because you have to reload after exactly. nine bullets exactly. versus 30. Yeah. But that's not that could be... That's not... That's like a... I don't think that's such a big difference just in terms of fire rate. Like, I but don't if think reloading numbers, takes a lot of time, I don't know. Reloading is very quick. Reloading is super quick. Okay. So maybe I'll look it up after. Yeah. I'll look it up after, like, how many bullets can you fire in an AR-15 versus a handgun? Because I think where you're going with this is if it's not many more bullets, then eliminating an AR-15 is not going to solve the problem. People will switch to a different gun. So, so here's ultimately the question. One, I, it is more bullets. I don't think it's that many more. But the ultimate question is, what do the stats reflect in gun violence and gun deaths? And is AR-15 the problem or are other things much more of a problem? And I think that this is a good way to go get down into like the nitty gritty and the stats and all that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So a lot of information that I've been finding on the web suggests that there's between 30 and 40,000 gun deaths in the U S per year. Uh -huh. 
So I, I don't think this is controversial at all. So once I'm looking at uh, lawcenter.giffords.org. Um, so they were using, uh, I don't know what year, but they're saying 36,000 Americans are killed each year by guns. Is so it an something- average of 100 a day. Is it something like 60% suicide, 30% homicide, 10% yes. accident? Yes. Okay. So with that in mind, so over 60% are homicide. Or sorry, pardon me, suicide. Yeah. And then 35% are homicide. So that you're already at 96%. 1.4% are law enforcement shootings. 1.3% are unintentional shootings. Okay. So yeah, we'll put that there. Okay. So now let's look at it from a different perspective. So now we've established the vast majority of, or at least the majority of gun deaths are from suicides. So the suicide, you know, mostly probably handgun. Yes. But if you look at it from a different perspective, which is what is the breakdown of guns, I'm looking at bbc.com, US and Canada, 64% of guns in US murders. Oh, this is US murders. Interesting. This is not US gun deaths. This is US murders. Hmm, I'm curious if this is different, but what they found is 64% are handguns, 4% are rifles, 2% shotguns, 2% others. Uh, that's probably like, there's a, there's a special like, like, like bolt gun where I'm sure you've seen in movies where you like cock something down below. It's like in Westerns and they like spin it around their finger. Yeah. And 28% unknown. I actually don't know what unknown means, but that's very interesting. Okay, let me let me ask you yeah. this: what, what's what's the what's the argument in your mind in favor of like, um, why do what's what's the reason people might need uh, a gun of any type? Okay, so first of all, I do want to clarify: I'm I'm not entirely sure where I stand on do people need guns in the in the first place or not. Yeah. I, I really don't know when I made my position of how easy it should be a gun, that's more so within what's currently going on, like in the U S and Canada. So it's not what I think if we could rearrange everything under my vision, that's more, here's what is going on. You have the second amendment in the U S. Okay. Here's how you fix the problems. If I was king of the world and it was my, or king of the U S president and it was my decision. Oh, that's really tough. I mean, you don't have to say if you don't, if you're not sure, like I, I mean, I'm definitely not sure, but I I would say I'm, I'm, I'm not too convinced by the arguments I hear as to why people need guns. Like at least, so I was listening to like Ben Shapiro and um, he was on some sort of, I can't remember who he spoke with, but it was one of the top things. It was like a debate that he did. Was it Pierce Um, Morgan? Yeah, it was Pierce Morgan. And he said the reason he thinks people should be able to have guns is uh, in like threat of tyranny, like in ga- in case the government no longer becomes democratic and yeah. you need to fight them. Interesting. Yeah. And the reason it doesn't resonate with me is like, I think that would make sense in the past, maybe like a hundred, 200 years ago. Yeah. When the guns you have are, are like relatively equivalent power to what the government has but today like if the government turns on you like they have drones and much more powerful stuff they have assault rifles despite what jimmy kimmel tells you (laughs) (laughs) like let's say they have drones right and like if we're not going to let people have drones then it doesn't matter if people have in my mind it doesn't matter if they have 
guns, they're going to lose. So I, I feel like that that's argument. A very good argument. So that's one thing. And then in terms of the self-defense from yep. other people, which is the other common argument I hear. Yep. Um, at least from what I've seen, the data seems to suggest that like people with guns are more likely to to die from from a gun because mm-hmm. um, for those reasons of I'd say like the suicide and the um, accidental. So the accidental one's clear, right? Like yeah. having a gun, you're more more likely to have an accident than you can't have an accident if you don't have a gun. And then yep. on the suicide one, just having the gun, like um, you're more likely to like successfully kill yourself if you have a gun. Versus yes. other means. So anyways, I'll pause there. I'm curious, like, are, are those the two main arguments that you've heard in favor of why people should have the right to guns? Are there any others I'm missing? Or like, what else would you say around those? Well, to okay, to start thinking about it now, like, I, I really can't figure out a reason why you would need a rifle. That mainly focuses on the protection aspect. Like, I think if you're if, if you're concerned for your life and you want to protect yourself and someone breaks into your home, yeah, like I, I think a pistol or a handgun won't be as effective, but will be closely, okay. will, will, will almost be as effective. It definitely won't be as effective, but it will, it's still, it's not like a massive drop off from having, being un, completely unarmed. Like it's, right. it's a very small drop off. Right. To comment about the tyranny thing, you brought up a big point. The government is tanks. Like, yeah, bullets aren't getting through tanks. Sorry, like you can't fight the government, and we're not going to give people tanks. No, exactly. So that that's really a very good argument that that basically almost debunks or or goes against what Ben Shapiro would have said with regards to government tyranny. And I think that was that was the point of the Second Amendment. It was less about self defense against other citizens, if I understand it correctly. It was to allow you to fight back from the government if you needed to. I, the chat, the problem that I'm having is I actually don't know. I I've heard and seen people go back and forth on what is the point of the second amendment? Is it for personal protection? So you can protect your life, liberty and your pursuit of happiness, or is it for government tyranny? Yeah. I, I really understand the personal protection side to it. Um, again, the, the challenge is where is the line? So again, everything I said before is not figuring out where the line is. It's it's going by, okay, in the U.S., we know where the line is. You're allowed to buy an AR-15. Let's put in like the G1, G2 style stuff. But if you're going to change some of those things, it, it is challenging on where do you draw the line. Here's, here's something that I, so I found that was very interesting. Do guns save lives? It's a, it's a sort of a counterintuitive question to ask, but do guns save lives? And it's, I've actually come across a bunch of information that it, it seems relatively consistent. Uh, and and I'll, I'll pull up some of the studies. Okay. So what essentially happened is after the Sandy Hook shooting in 2012, uh, president Barack Obama issued an executive order order allowing uh, one of the agents, I think it was allowing the CDC to review existing studies on causes of ways to reduce gun violence. And one of the things they were trying to figure out is, do guns in fact save lives? Does the threat of violence 
deter other violence because that's essentially what a gun is. You come into my house with a knife and I whip out my AR-15, I'm deterring you from doing anything further and you're going to go away. So that's, that's the idea of, of protect, having a gun for protection. It's not to use it. It's to, it, the point is to not use it almost. So what they came across was that, so this is uh, uh, an article from investors.com. I'm not really sure. I've never heard of that before. But essentially what they came across was that it's so hard to tell how many lives per year guns save because, again, you're, you're trying to quantify something that is not reported. You know how many lives guns take because it's, you're reporting the life someone was killed. But you, it's, it's not often reported that, oh, someone didn't shoot a gun, but it still allowed them to protect themselves. But so they ranged it from anywhere from 500,000 to more than 3 million per year, which is a huge, huge range. So, then, so it, it's, it's tough to say. So like I've seen, I've seen um, like graphs that show like the number of guns per capita per yeah. person in a country versus the number of gun deaths. Yeah. There's a strong correlation. So like yes. US is the highest in guns per person in the in the world and yeah. they have the highest gun deaths. Yeah. Um but would this suggest that like maybe they are lower on like stabbings and other things as a result? I is don't think it say? would suggest that, but I don't think I don't think that graph actually matters because it's a rate. So so I, I don't think you sh- I don't think you sh- you can compare the amount of gun deaths per gun ownership. I think you should compare the amount of deaths per people. No, so this is per people. This is per people. So this is the so, okay. So, so sorry, say it one more time. It's gun deaths per per hundred thousand people in your in your country, not yes. not people that own the gun. So what I'm curious about is deaths per one hundred thousand people. No, that's what it is. No, not gun deaths. Overall. No, it compares guns, guns per oh, hundred thousand okay. people with, with gun deaths per hundred thousand people. Okay. Gun so ownership I, versus gun death. So like in yeah. a country where more people on average have guns are more yeah. people dying from guns on average. So what I'm curious about is what about overall death from with, so I'm saying don't isolate the guns, just isolate overall deaths from homicides or things like that. Right. So, so you're saying, well, you, would that suggest that maybe like homicides of other forms are a lot lower? Hypothetically, yes. So, so let's say I, let's say you yeah. incorporate all homicides and it's still higher. Yeah. Then what? Like, then does it dispute that? If you incorporate if you incorporate all homicides and it is higher, yeah. It doesn't dispute it. It may, however, discredit it. Yeah, it might. It, or there's we there's got to be that means yeah. there there would need to be a different explanation for what's going on. Yes, but the the reason why I'm curious about if you separate gun deaths versus and gun deaths are are mainly from home or sorry are mainly from suicide. So that makes it tricky because if you separate, it's it's almost like you have to include suicide and deaths in other countries. But I'd be curious to know the death rate per hundred thousand people that's linked to like stabbings. Uh, gun violence, beating up, assault, all those things, and including and comparing the U.S. with other countries. Because something that would support gun ownership is, yes, gun death per gun ownership in the U.S. is higher than any other country, but overall death from these metrics are lower. 
So that yeah. would dispute the the dispute more gun control, but I, I don't know if the, those yeah. facts are there. I'm just I'll have to look into it. I, I have not been able to find that on the internet. It is extremely difficult. I'll I'll tell you something that I found interesting in Britain. Well, the, yeah. In in England, I think mainly in Britain, the knife crime and the deaths per knife usage are off the charts. However, from guns, they're very low. So again, it's not really disputing it. It's sort of, can you merge them together to get a bigger picture understanding? Yeah, I'll see if I can find it. Like the graph I was referencing is gun ownership per capita versus gun deaths per capita. I'll see if I can find homicides per capita. Yeah. And suicides per capita. Those are the two, I guess, you need. Yeah. And you combine those, and then you compare them to the, the gun ownership per capita and see, see if that trend still exists or not. Yeah. That'd be if interesting. It, if, it doesn't, if it doesn't exist anymore, then to the point of whatever, I can't remember the source that you referenced is, but yeah. if the correlation no longer exists, it means that people are committing suicide by other means and you're seeing the same rates of suicide and same rates of homicide. Yeah. I, I also see an article on Forbes about the, the estimate of 500,000 to more than 3 million uh, violent uh, or lives are saved hypothetically from guns. And then within those numbers, so what, the, so what the thing said was the use, the defensive use of guns by victims are at least as common as offensive uses by criminals with estimates of annual uses ranging from about 500,000 to more than 3 million in the context of about 300,000 violent crimes involving firearms. So that means if people are using a gun defensively, it could be for a robbery, 500,000 to 3 million times. It also could be for uh, a minor break-in or it could be for someone trying to kill you. They isolate 300,000 of those are for violent crimes and the rest could be for non-violent crimes. But again, that doesn't. If the if the correlation still exists with what you're suggesting, that's stronger evidence against gun ownership than this is. Yeah. All this this is a very isolated view that you need in context with others. So, like, would we expect to see if this is true? If what they're saying is true, would we expect to see higher rates of violent crimes in Canada versus the U.S.? on a per capita basis, given there's less guns? Yes. Which seems quite strange to me. Yeah. (laughs) But like in fairness, you know, I'm trying to defend their point. Yeah. Maybe there are, there could be other factors at play. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll look into it. Um, I find, I find the argument hard to buy. Yeah, I agree with you. But I do get, I get the concept that, you know, police having guns could deter a crime. Like, you know, seems reasonable to me. Uh, You know, nothing's, we should like test these things and make sure that, you know, our intuition is actually right. But it seems like that would be the case. Um, One of the challenges I find here is that, like, so right now we're in a time where everyone values facts, facts over, over fiction, like fake news, fake news. The problem is there are so many different ways to look at something the same way from a factual perspective that it's very difficult to draw a conclusion. So for instance, 
One example that I found on the internet while searching for people in favor of guns was, I think they were talking about Vermont. Vermont has some of the loosest gun restrictions in the U.S., yet they have the lowest gun deaths. I don't know if it was rate or absolute in the U.S. Another way... Well, it needs to be the rate. The absolute is... Yeah, it it has to be the rate. Yeah. It has to be the rate, which was interesting because that sort of goes against the narrative. Another one was like 94 to 98% of all mass shootings happen in gun-free zones, which is also very interesting. So there, there are certain, like in, in uh, New York, I don't believe you're allowed to walk around with a gun. So there, it's either state law or, or city law. You're not allowed to walk around with an opened carrying gun. Um, so that's considered like a gun-free zone. So I'm curious... The, the stat said 98% of mass shootings or 94% above 90% happen in gun-free zones, which is also very interesting. What, what I don't understand is something that seems very reasonable, like just universal background checks, yeah. which I think is just extending, is closing those loopholes around gun shows and, yeah. and like private dealers or whatever. Yeah. At least from what I read, an article I read said, um, something like 90% of Americans agree with universal are in favor of universal background checks. Yeah. And that I think Obama tried to pass legislation to close those loopholes. Yeah. He did 60% uh, agreement to pass yeah. it and they, yeah. didn't, they didn't get the 60%. So I'm trying to understand like, how could it be that they don't get the 60% support? Yeah. But 90% of Americans are in favor of it like well how is there a disconnect like isn't it aren't these people supposed to represent american interests yeah it's very interesting i i'd have to read more into it i haven't read about what obama tried to do i suspect i suspect that there was it was a little bit more extreme than what the republicans were willing to allow this is purely an a, a, a guess because yeah because universal background checks are already law federally in, in the United States. So I, I can't figure out why people would vote against it. I suspect because there was a, a higher level of restriction. Um, but yeah, no, that that's, I, I don't really know. Actually, I, I want to go back to that for a second, the gun show loophole. So from my understanding, it exists, but it's very minimal, extremely minimal. Okay. The vast majority of gun sales are bought legally. Yeah. Yes, the gun show loophole exists, but it's, it's again, it's very minimal. Now, it doesn't yeah. mean you shouldn't get rid of it, but it, it is very minimal. And yeah. private sales, private sales, again, are like, I buy a gun and then I go sell it to my friend. So, like, that is illegal. So, I, I, think, I think there is something, there's, a, there's another component to the gun situation in the U.S. that has to be addressed, which is, enforcing laws already at play. So I know Ben Shapiro has made this argument. He says a lot of a big issue with guns right now is there's a lot of people who have guns that shouldn't have them that the government knows about. It's just about enforcing. And this is difficult. This is very difficult. Because basically the idea is like if I, I think the idea was one, a a gun is knowingly transferred privately to someone else, which again is illegal because you have to go through background checks or two, 
someone's mental health situation changes that would then cause them to fail a background check if it happens now, but they already got the background check 10 years ago when they bought the guns, and yet they still have the guns and no one is enforcing the laws already on the books. And that comes down to a financial com component. You just need to make sure government agencies have enough money to enforce the current laws. And I think there is a big component to that as well. Right. So, so one thing that I found was interesting was uh, common, so, so misrepresentation of guns in the U.S., misrepresentation of facts. And I, I want to go back to this for a second. I know I like to call it Jimmy Kimmel. I like to call it like, so Jimmy Kimmel, Conan O'Brien, I'll even call it Barack Obama here. I think a big problem that's happening in the U.S. is there's overall there's agreement. Like what you said, nine out of 10 pe people, Democrats and Republicans are universally in favor of universal background checks. So where is the disagreement happening? Why are people disagreeing? I think part of the reason is people just don't know the laws so or people don't know the facts. So one of the things that we discussed at the beginning of the podcast is an AR-15 is not an assault rifle. Uh, so for, for listeners or viewers, AR-15A doesn't stand for assault. It stands for Armalite. R stands for rifle. So it's called the Armalite Rifle 15. Armalite is the equivalent of Honda or Toyota. It's just the company that makes it or it's modeled after a company that made it. So you have, so Barack Obama was giving a speech and he said in US, so I think the quote was, he said in the United States, America gun laws don't make a lot of sense. You can uh, basically, without much, if any regulation, uh, you can buy guns over the internet, you can buy machine guns. Like again, like if you want to unite people to support legislation that is unilaterally accepted, everyone has to be on board. And I know there are a lot of Republicans who criticize Democrats per se, or, or maybe the media for their misrepresentation of guns in the US. And I, and I think that adds a lot of divisiveness that really shouldn't be there because you think everyone would agree on some of the basics of common sense gun laws. Like one, one comment that I find was very funny. I saw this on a couple different mediums. They were talking about fully semi-automatic rifles, fully semi-automatic semi assault rifle. A fully semi-automatic assault rifle, th that number one doesn't really exist. Fully semi-automatic means, you know, Beyond Burgers have 50% meat, 50% Beyond, uh, like veggie stuff. What? You know, like Beyond Burgers are making the 50-50 burger. It's like 50% meat and 50% veggie, and they're doing it to curb. Okay, anyways, whatever. It's they're doing that? Yeah, they're doing it. Uh, and I'll relate it back to guys. Are you sure about that? Uh, absolutely, 100%. It's basically to lower meat. If you want to eat less meat, but you still like the taste of meat, they're, they're making this. No, Actually, not beyond meat. Maple Leaf is doing it. Pardon me, Maple Leaf, my, my mistake. But basically, if you say it's a, if you say it's a fully semi-automatic assault rifle, that's like saying it's a fully 50-50 beyond, or a... Fully 50-50 burger. You're describing something fully that is in itself not fully. Yeah. Like if, I, if I have a half hot chocolate, half coffee from Tim Hortons, saying fully semi-automatic semi assault rifle is like saying I'm having a fully 50-50 half hot chocolate or fully half hot chocolate, half coffee. Like you, yeah. It doesn't really work to put the word fully in front of semi-automatic rifle because it, it confuses the definitions. 
Additionally, the whole thing with assault rifles uh, and assault weapons, assault weapon not actually being a term, it's more of a political term. So I think a, a huge issue that's happening in the U.S. is there's just a lack of understanding of what's legal, what's not. And that causes a lot of divisiveness where people just can't agree because you have two d different sets of people arguing two different sets of facts. Yeah. Yeah, this is, I guess, a difficult one. What do you, what do you think about the licensing one? So like what I suggested with the G1, G2 yeah, style I, thing. I, th I think it seems to be a step in the right direction. Um, like, um, I think every little bit counts. Like the closing the loopholes and having universal background check, even if yeah. it's a small percentage of guns. Yeah. Like if, if that's easier to pass through, you start there. And then on the licensing piece, like if you can reduce the number of impulse yeah. purchases. Like I saw a proposal that said pretty much don't let people get guns like immediately, like yeah. delay it by like even a couple weeks and you reduce people who, you know, if someone's having like a schizophrenic episode or something like that, or is in like is enraged and, you know, wants, wants to kill someone out of like intense anger, that's going to subside in, in a couple of days. Like you can, yeah, you can prevent those impulse decisions. Same, same with suicide. Suicide is often, at least from what I've seen, studies have shown yeah. most people who attempt suicide most times afterwards, like they're happy. They, they didn't successfully kill themselves. Yeah. So like for those reasons, I, I like the idea of, of a licensing system or something that delays the process a little bit. That's actually a very good idea. That's a very good idea. Because all you would need to do is you enforce the universal background checks. You can keep the laws the same yeah. as long as you're enforcing them. You just add a slight delay to see if people change their minds. Yeah. That's a very good idea, actually. Because, like, you shouldn't really need it immediate. Like, in what scenario? I'm trying to think. Maybe someone makes an argument for self-defense purposes. They think there's a threat to them and they need a gun immediately. Yeah. Um, okay. I, okay. I, I have a scenario and I'm curious what you think. So, I don't want to... I don't want to talk about the other topic because that's a whole separate ballgame, but just from a statistics and facts perspective, uh, gun sales in the last couple months, specifically after a lot of the protests in the United States, have spiked. There is a huge increase in gun sales. Massive. Um, one of the reasons that this was occurring were... And again, I, I want to try to, I don't want to say the wrong things and I want, don't want to get into that topic of conversation, but there was a lot of business owners, small business owners buying guns in anticipation of having to defend their businesses. And you had examples of groups of people going out in the streets at night during the protests and the, and the rioting with guns in front of their stores, essentially defending their business in case, uh, in case something happened that yeah. happened to damage their business. So in that respect, I can see the need to wanting again to get a gun sooner rather than later. Also to go on that topic of current events, if you make radical changes to the police, I, I think also a lot of the calls for completely defunding the police are spiking people's interest in buying guns 
again, for that defense purpose. If they can't trust that the police will defend them, they're going to want to make sure it's taken into their own hands. Right. And this also complicates things. Yeah. One thing that I know a lot of people point out, and I don't, I don't really know where I stand on this. I, I sort of flip-flop is that, so I know there's a lot of lawmakers that often call for major gun restrictions. And I, I'm not criticizing for them. I totally understand it. But a lot of people comments saying, you live in a house with armed security 24-7, a cop car in front 24-7, or it's a gated community where you have armed guards at the front, and you're walking around with armed guards who you can see have pistols on them 24-7. Yet, I have none of those things, and you want to take away my right to defend myself. And that also makes it a little bit tricky, because to some degree, I understand what they're saying. But to another degree, I do think politicians should get some level of protection. So I don't really don't, I don't know where the line is. Yeah. It's tricky. Okay, I have a question for you. What do you think about when people use their gun to defend themselves? So, so I'll, I'll give you an example. There was, a, I think, a case in Oklahoma or Kansas where a homeowner had an AR-15 and three people broke into the house to rob the place. The son was there. He was 20 years old. He picked up the AR-15 and shot dead all three intruders. There was a fourth person, a girl, maybe like an 18-year-old, in the car. That She was like the getaway driver, and she drove away uh, because obviously I think she saw what was happening. So the cops came back and they charged her with murder because uh, apparently if you participate in a crime and you're an accessory to a crime, even though you didn't do it, you're participating it. And the guy, the 20 year old was not charged of any crime whatsoever. So forget about the girl and whether she should be charged with murder or not. I, I personally don't think so, but I, I, that's not really the point. What do you were think they, about were they going to rob rob them or yes would, yeah. yeah they were all masked they had knives and brass knuckles on them and and they broke into the house okay and so the kid used the AR15 shot them dead and he was not charged with anything so the question is should he be charged should he be sued can he be sued all those things um i mean based on what you're describing i would think he's he's if he thought there was a threat to his own life then he's defending himself right yes one of the counter arguments made by one of the parents of the uh individuals who were killed one of the robbers was the ar-15 gave the kid who was defending himself such a huge advantage over the robbers that it wasn't a fair fight in the slightest which I found was yeah, an but interesting he didn't argument. Pick, he didn't pick the fight. So, and, and that's, it, it's, an, it's only one example. Is this example. case closed or no? I, I think it is closed. And it's only, well, there's actually another case happening. I think this is in Missouri. These two people were out on their porch during a, one of the protests and they apparently felt threatened and were outside with their, one of them was outside with their AR-15 um, flashing it uh, at the protesters, because again, they felt threatened, and uh, they've now been charged with something um, because they apparently threatened the uh, uh, protesters. Yeah. So apparently, a couple, 
uh, had their AR-15 AR outside their house when a bunch of protesters broke into the gated community and were um, allegedly threatening them. So there's a okay. huge debate happening in Missouri, which is Missouri has laws that protect individuals from, like you're allowed to use your gun in protection of your house in what you deem a threat. Should what is what they did criminal or is what they did within the law? And it's it's really tough to say. Like how to what extent are you allowed to use your gun to deter someone from causing you harm? Well, what does the current law say? Is it? I think the current law is a little vague and it uses the, the word reasonable to a reasonable extent. So if someone's robbing your house and then you scare them with the AR-15 and they're running away and you shoot them in the back, that's murder. That's yeah. not reasonable. You, you successfully defended yourself and they yeah. were running away. There was, there was no excuse to shoot yeah. them, let alone in the back. So that's unreasonable. But what about just having the gun visual there or aiming it at someone? That, that you also get to some tricky territory. Yeah, I guess it depends like what how clear is the evidence that a reasonable person would think that they they felt threatened or not. Yeah. Right? Like that's I think that's what and I'm not a law expert, but I think that's what the goal is. Like would a reasonable person in their shoes have felt yeah. threatened? Yeah. And that's what so just I I don't know the ins and the outs. Yeah. I just know that there's now like a big public debate happening within Missouri where you have like the governor and the attorney general not on the same page uh, just in terms of what's legal appropriate defense and what's not. Yeah. It's very tricky with the guns because also there's another component to it, which is illegal guns. So I know a lot of very strong gun advocates would say a, the vast majority of crime is done with illegal guns. I do think this is true. But I also think that that doesn't dismiss the gun argument because I would imagine in a country where there's a lot of legal guns, there are, the more legal guns there are, it's also very likely the more illegal guns there are. So I, I wouldn't think... It be, wouldn't it be the vice versa? Like in a country with... Um, if you can't get access to guns legally, easily, wouldn't yeah. there be more illegal guns and vice versa? If it's very easy to get a gun legally, there'd be no need for illegal guns? Well, I, I, I don't think it is as easy to get a gun as we think. I, I think it's a little bit more difficult. So like a rifle, for instance, costs like over a thousand bucks. Whereas I'm oh, sure... Oh, so you, you, might, you might go illegally for cheaper? For cheaper or and to not do the background. Exactly, yeah. Like if you're, you have a criminal record, I'm fairly confident you're not allowed to yeah. go get a gun. Yeah. So that also makes it tricky. Uh, because, again, even if it's true that a lot of the crime is used, a lot of the gun violence is committed using illegal guns, I think it's reasonable to suggest that the more amount of legal guns, the more amount of illegal guns. Like, all it takes from a gun to become illegal is there's serial numbers on every, every gun. You shave off the serial number so there's no record of the gun, and then you can sell it for cash. Like when you go and buy a gun, every gun is a serial number. So they, they're able to track it hypothetically. Or if the gun show loophole is technically an illegal gun sale, there you go. Yeah. So like the, the Vegas massacre, all the laws. Okay, so here, here's the tricky part. 
all the laws that are currently in play would not have stopped the Vegas massacre. He passed every background check. He was all good. Sorry, all good. Yeah, a lot of a lot of them are like that. A lot of these cases because either like the thing with background checks is it only works if the person has had a history yeah of of mental illness or yeah. or crime, but they could it could be their first episode of mental illness or this could be their first crime. So they would pass the background check. Um, or like, I think, I can't remember which, which, um, well-known U S, um, mass shooting in the past, like five or 10 years, but I think it was his mom's gun that he, he stole. That could have been Sandy Hook or, or Parkland. One of those. Yeah. So same thing, like technically like, yeah, the current system didn't, didn't prevent it. Yeah. So, so so even with the current system, a lot of those problems are not being prevented. That's why I like the license idea. Like I think if you do if you do the license thing, at least at the start, because it's somewhat more difficult, that will do a little bit of deterrence for people getting guns that shouldn't have them. Yeah, I mean, personally, I prefer that to, to not having it at all. Um, but I still, my gut still says I prefer like, no guns like we have in Canada pretty much like okay so what do you think about pistols i don't i don't see the need like i, I i'm not um yeah i just think like the threat of someone like coming to kill me is just i don't and you know it could just be my scenario maybe other people you know feel this threat and have reason to feel it but um I'm going to look up what we talked about around. Yeah. I agree with you that it could be misleading just looking at gun ownership per capita versus gun deaths per capita because yeah. other forms of weapons could be used for both homicide and suicide. Yeah. And I think in my mind, if, if I can find that data and it still shows that the correlation exists and that, that to me would signal that gun ownership is the issue. Yeah. Um, so- there's One an interesting thing, thing piece yeah. really quick around around suicide and like Yeah. To me, I'm not an expert, but um it's not crystal clear to me, like as to like how restrictive we should make it for people uh to be able to kill themselves. Like Oh. Um interesting. Yeah, because like yes, I, I totally agree with with the date with the facts that show that you know most people um are thankful after you know like a failed suicide attempt but that said there are people that have chronic serious mental health conditions and the current treatment available just isn't doesn't suffice yeah so i don't think it's super clear cut at least in my mind that like you know we should be making it so difficult for them to end their life in, in some extreme cases. Yeah, I, I do see what you mean. That's an interesting uh, discussion. Okay, so, so I have a question. That, uh, f- again, hyper-focusing on the U.S., but so I know a lot of Democratic uh, candidates were advocating completely making it illegal to uh, purchase or own like AR-15, AK-47s, 
a, a lot of well-known uh, rifles. Yeah. So one thing I found interesting is the debate moved from what is common sense to is that constitutional and is that legal? So just the, what can the president actually do with regards to guns in the United States versus the Senate and the, and the, and Congress instead. Uh And I found that's also an interesting discussion happening with guns because the president doesn't have the ability to overturn the second amendment. Yeah. I don't, I should, I should try to understand like how, the system works better around Senate and Congress and passing change and stuff like that. Like I don't fully know the ins and outs or honestly, I don't even understand it well at all. So I might, I might read up on that. Um, I was listening to Jim yeah. Jeffries, who's a comedian talking about, okay. policy, and he, he made a joke, which I liked around like, he's like, people always say, you know, it's the second amendment. You can't change it. And he's like, it has his name amendment in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't buy that argument like you know we gotta we gotta be able to change things over time as we learn and develop as a society like yes you want to have the proper systems in place so that yeah we're making the right changes yeah but okay so here's a question so the way you can change the second amendment i it's it's just not going to happen in the united states you need to have a, I'm pretty sure you need to have a super majority in, in one house of representatives, representatives and a majority in the other. So a super majority is like two thirds or 75% of all members voting in favor of overruling the amendments. Uh, I think that may be the Senate and like the Senate, that means that you have 75% or 67% of senators voting to overrule the Senate. And, and I, I just cannot see that ever happening. Because the U.S., you have two, in the Senate, you have two senators per state. Uh, in Congress, I, I don't remember how it is in Congress, but I, I just can't see the majority of any one of those bodies ever ruling to completely overturn an amendment. I, I just, I can't see that happening. And that could mean that even if it's proven that guns in the U.S. are more negative than positive based on what we discussed earlier, like the uh, the overall death rate increases with gun ownership regardless of what it's from i just can't see the us changing those laws for the considerable future because of what's currently allowed for overturning the second amendment and that that also complicates things cuz you'll you'll have a small groups of individuals or even like a minority of individuals up to like 40% wanting something that 50 plus 1% will never vote for. And that causes a lot of division and could cause a lot of problems in the U S. Yeah. Um, going back to like the safety argument. Yeah. I just feel like my gut says that it's flawed. Um, Uh in the sense that like my gut says like, well, first of all, we talked about the accidents, like having a gun accident. You know, you can't have a gun accident if you don't have a gun. Yeah. That's one piece. The suicide piece becomes a lot more likely that if you're suicidal, that you're going to successfully kill yourself. That's another piece. Yeah. And then just around actual confrontations. I'm yeah. trying to think about like someone breaks in 
maybe yeah. they have a gun on them, but they really didn't have any intent to use it. They more had it as like a threat. Mm-hmm. I would, I would say, I, I don't, I don't understand the minds of criminals. I'm just guessing, but like a lot of armed robberies, they probably don't want to kill anyone. It's more yeah. the, the threat. But yeah. if they see you have a gun as well and pointing at them, like things could escalate. Versus if you didn't have the gun, like you just like. Like, I'd rather let them rob me than, like, get in a shootout with them. Okay, here's, here's the challenge, though. And, and I have a question if you, would, well, if you would prefer this. What if – okay, I, I actually disagree with you. I think if, if someone was robbing my house, I would want to have a gun, gun on me. Really? Not from Why? a – Why? Because you think they're going to hurt you or you want to protect your, your, your stuff? Not people, your physical possession. Is it to protect your physical, physical possessions or yourself and your family? more so myself and my family and i just can't trust i can't trust the positive intention of someone breaking into my home that they only want my stuff and they don't want to hurt me because i can see one going hand in hand why would they want to hurt you i don't know but but the reason i want would want a gun yeah at least just for this example is because to me the best way of ensuring that I don't come out of this harmed is by ensuring there's no one there to harm me. So either get out of my house, I have a gun. If you don't leave, I'll shoot you or actually shooting them. The, the, the police are not, are not going to help, not because they're incapable, but I, I'm just, I'm pretty sure from a, the, like in Toronto, like the average police response time is like 13 minutes or something. Uh-huh. Maybe that was an ambulance, but like. Whatever. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a minute. Exactly. The police yeah. are not going to be there within, within maybe within five to 10 minutes. Yeah. So I wouldn't want to take that risk on the potential or on the robber having good intentions of not harming myself or my wife or my kid. And that's why I would have a gun. So, so here's I my, just tr- I have trouble wrapping my head around like what their motivation if their if their mo- primary motivation is robbery, like I don't see what their motivation would be to hurt me unless I am resisting. I don't um, think their primary motivation is robbery. I think their primary motivation is survive. And I don't want. I basically what what I'm getting at is it's unfortunate the the way the world is, but a lot of criminals they do things out of perceived necessity. The, the need to survive, the need to, and, and I'm, I'm not, I, I don't want to look at criminals in a one-minded way. Like they're all terrible. A lot of poverty yields crime. And a lot of that is because a lot of that is because a perceived requirement or, or perceived uh, need to survive, which is only done through committing the crime. I don't think someone committing a crime is going to want to risk me identifying them later. I know they can wear masks, but often people don't times people don't wear masks or the masks fall off or things like that. I yeah. think people would want to yeah, take sure. every risk possible to not get caught. Not not just during the crime, but also afterwards. And if I'm a risk in identifying and reporting them to the cops, maybe they want to get rid of me. Yeah. So so here's my question though. What if you were allowed to have a gun but only in your house? So on the street hypothetically, well, mind you, there's a different argument for that, but hypothetically for a guy on the street, if I'm walking home versus if I'm sleeping in my house, if someone comes up to me on the street versus if someone breaks into my home, 
I can imagine that their intent to cause me harm, maybe there's a little bit less intent if they're just robbing me on the street versus breaking into my house. Yeah. So maybe I'd be like, I'd be willing to, if I got robbed on the street, be like, okay, fine, watch, phone, wallet, I don't have anything else. What, are you going to kill me? But I would distinguish that from in my house where if they did break into my house, it's a lot more effort than just robbing me on the street and I wouldn't want to take the risk. But I, but I can actually see that distinction. What would you say about that if you're allowed to have a gun at only in your house for defense in that way? I mean, to me, the issue is still that, you know, people are going to get guns who like some of these people are going to get guns and take them out of the house and could, could commit mass shootings and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's tricky. Cause I even know. Well, I, I know, I know gun rights advocates who are women say that, women gun ownership it's so like it's very it's clear that it's a lot easier for a man to walk down the street late at night in the dark than a woman unfortunately that's the way that we live the world that we live in but i know a lot of or i've seen on youtube a lot of gun rights advocates who are women saying that having a gun like a pistol which often in the u.s women walk on their own when they're doing that they have like a pistol in their purse that could be very helpful in defense, but I don't actually see, I can see that also going incredibly wrong, like a perceived threat with a gun, like a, a like a, someone walking alone at night and they perceive someone as a threat and they accidentally pull the trigger. Yeah. But yeah. yeah I that's, think, that's I think I'm glad we had the conversation because I think you left, uh, at least it's a little bit less clear in my mind. Um, I think, I think from from the research I did today, it, it was pretty clear to me that we'd be better off with no guns. Yeah. But uh, I, I can see some of the arguments. Um, what do you think about I'm excited for to do some of that, that data. That what do you research. think about for hunting? Just like a completely separate note, but for hunting. Um, well, I... You know me from like, given I don't eat meat, um, yeah. mainly for ethical reasons. Like yeah. I, I have trouble uh, understanding hunting for fun, yeah. and then if it's for survival, I also it's it's more reasonable to me. But I still have trouble with it, given the evidence seems to suggest that you can be healthy without eating animals. But okay, so so to some degree, I agree with you. But the one thing I'll say about hunting is, now mind you, I don't know that many people like this, but I've heard arguments where people say they will not eat store-bought meat because basically at store-bought meat with like chickens and all those things, you we're, we're breeding these chickens to, to die. It's, they, there's no freedom whatsoever. We are putting them in cages immediately. And the male ones were doing unknown. Yeah, you could make too. an argument that hunting animals causes less suffering for the animals than factory farming, and I and would I would agree with that. Yeah, and it's also like a lot of people who who are very against being like vegetarian. They say it's only natural. It's only natural that humans eat meat. Again, what like what, what's happening in the in in our food supply chain? I would counter is not natural, but I can understand why 
going out in the woods hunting for a cow or a, maybe not cows aren't really that wild, but like a deer or a moose or something like that. I can understand. I can sort of see the fun in it. I don't know yet if I would find it fun, but I can understand that. But I can also see why people would want to do that for meat as a more ethical alternative to eating what is currently available in grocery stores. Yeah. I mean, like personally, I would say the most ethical thing is like do neither. Yeah. Do neither. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's, it's tricky. Yeah. There's also a hunting one with moose. So like I know in Newfoundland, in Canada, overpopulation. Yeah, there's an overpopulation of moose and it leads to a lot of, not a lot, but there's, there's a decent amount of problems that they cause. And there's a lot of, there's like moose hunting season where after the season where moose typically breed, it's legal and encouraged. Or I'll, I'll use the, the word encouraged lightly. It's legal and lightly encouraged to go out hunting moose just to deal with overpopulation. So, but again, that's a difficult argument for mass in favor of guns. Yeah, I don't know. The most people might consider my view on this extreme, but the animal rights act, activist in me says, like, you know, there's enough places on Earth for us. I wonder, like, would if we didn't kill them, would the Earth be overrun by moose? If not, like, if they just occupy a certain area, like, maybe we just don't settle there. Like if it's such an, such an issue, there's enough other space. Um, Hunting's an interesting one, actually. We're we're sort of getting off topic, and I, <laughs> if, if you want to go back off to, on topic, I'm no, happy okay. to. Okay. Have you heard of Adam ruins everything? No. Okay. This this is like it's somewhat co- uh, common on like YouTube. So this guy Adam Conover, he used to work for either he used to or still does. He worked for College Humor. And he does this whole thing on game hunting. So like hunting rhinoc, like all yeah. these animals in Africa, like lions and rhinoceroses and things like that. And again, I, I think this guy is more left-wing, more liberal than he is right-wing. Uh-huh. But essentially he puts out a very compelling argument for game hunting in Africa. Uh, and he breaks it down by basically... It's not poaching, it's game hunting. And the idea is you have people from like North America or the US pay hundreds of thousands of dollars, like 50 grand, 100 grand to go and hunt a a, a single lion or a single rhino. But that gives the area or the country a lot of money and revenue money to like actually provide for the rest of the animals. It's basically sacrificing one in favor of the group. Yeah, and actually protect against poachers. So, like the idea with poachers is a poacher will will go and kill every single rhinoceros and like take off their tusks and sell that because they're worth a lot of money. Whereas yeah. game hunting, you're legally allowed to to hunt one rhinoceros under strict watch of government, and that's it. And then you pay a shitload of money to do it, and then after that, you go home and and they take that money to defend the rest of the animals against poachers. And there's a very interesting argument that actually finds game hunting at least within the current system or at least within, I guess, Africa's current system, somewhat ethical or it's hard to call it ethical. Yeah, I know. It's an interesting way to spin it. Once again, like the animal rights activist in me would say, um, if you use that analogy with humans, let's say people were interested, these millionaires were interested in like, 
kill in killing hunting a human for fun and yeah. they're willing to pay tens of millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars to do so. Yeah. You could make an argument that that, that hundred million dollars could be used towards uh, medicine and could save yeah. more lives than the hunting of that one person. But there's no way society would say that's uh, ethical yeah. for the human. So I would say maybe we should, we should, um, say the same for the animals. Yeah. Um, I get, I get that animals are different, but, um, yeah, you know, they have some similarities. What if you did that now? I'm not advocating this at all, but hypothetically. So unfortunately the way it is in in certain countries around the world, if you are killed or you, I don't want to jump to a conclusion, so I'm going to try to be vague in certain ways, but if you're killed or kill yourself in favor of a cause, your family gets a lot of money. So I know with Israel and, and, and the Palestinian struggle without going into any judgment, I'm pretty sure it's, I'm pretty sure this is a fact again, no judgment that if a Palestinian does something in their fight for freedom against Israel and dies, their family gets a lot of money. So now bringing it back to this, hypothetically, if you, let's say you had a human who was sick or ill and he agreed to let himself be hunted by millionaires and and his family got a million dollars or something like that. Yeah. Billionaires. Well, this is completely off the radar. I just, maybe, (laughs) that what, what do you think do you think that should be legal uh seems pretty twisted <laughs> it seems very twisted it seems very twisted my gut says no but well, i'll think the, about it <laughs> the reason i was thinking about it is because earlier you were talking about suicide and and the the moral challenges with suicide and it actually may be moral to let the person person commit suicide like it, it's hard for us to judge yeah so <laughs> So what if there can be enough a financial incentive gain? I don't know. It's just a <laughs> random thought that popped into my head, given the challenges of it's too hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to think about it more. Anyways, anyways, um, it's been a good convo. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna do some of that research, and I'll let you know what I find. Yeah, please I'm, send I'm, me stuff that you think is interesting. Yeah, I'm just curious to know because I. A lot of gun advocates use that like 500,000 to 3 million to defend having guns. But if, and that may be the case, but if overall the overall amount of deaths increase as society has greater gun ownership, it doesn't really matter that guns are used to defend yourself. More people are net dying. So it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. I think that's the biggest way to counter that argument, we'll say. Cool. Anyways, until next time, until next time. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Thank you. Okay. Okay. We'll chat soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Can I Ask You a Question? If you liked this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you left a rating on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever you're listening from so that more people like you can discover it. Also, it'd be super helpful if you'd be willing to leave some feedback on any ideas you have for improving future conversations using the link in this episode's description. Thanks again and see you next time.